welcome back to the Soda Pop Podcast. I am your host, Kaya Williams, and I'm joined with a lot of special guests. We have your typical co-host, Grayson and uh, Kat. Can you say hi for me, guys? We have returned from the depths. Quite true, quite true. The creepy callers did not get them this time, and I am joined with Amanda Perry. Can I get a hi, Amanda? Hi. Um, she is directing this year's rendition of The Christmas Carol, and I'm going to talk to her, and then I'm going to bring some cast members on later, and you get to speak to them, and it's so exciting, so much fun. Um, If you don't know, because you haven't been listening to this podcast, but both myself, oh, not both, my, well, myself, Kat, and uh, Grayson have all, we're all a part of it. And so I'm so excited to talk with you and promote it and say um, more about what's happening. But before we do that, let's get to know a little bit more about you. Um, you are a professor here at UNA, correct? Yes, I am. So what made you choose UNA um, to come and teach here? Uh, this is home. <laughs> I did my undergraduate work here and was in the theater department and left here to go get my master's degree. And that was always the goal, was to be able to come back here to teach here and give back to the community that I felt like gave me so much. That's perfect. Um, what, um, like, what's your favorite thing about UNA? And then what was your favorite production you've done here? Oh, that I have as a student or since being a student? Both. <laughs> um, oh, we did some really fun stuff. We did Grease. That was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, we did a show called American Clock, which was an Arthur Miller piece that you don't see done a whole lot. Um, it was a lot of fun, too. Um, some pretty funny rehearsal stories from that one. <laughs> um, and this is my first one directing since I've been teaching here. Uh, I did a lot of community things, uh, was in charge of Historic Zodiac Playhouse for a while, so most of my work was there. And then I've assisted on a couple of other productions here in the background, either helping with costuming or makeup and things like that. Mm -hmm. But um, what is your favorite thing about UNA in general? Oh, in general, I love the lions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. Like a lot of people love to come and see Leo, RIP, uh, Luna or Una. Is it Una? Or Una. Una. <laughs> I always, I want to say Luna instead of Una every time, but RIP Una, you are, you have been missed. She is not the moon. She's not, but she she uh, growled bright like one. Um, <laughs> they're such a part of, of UNA. And besides, okay, that was kind of silly, but <laughs> the just the friendly atmosphere. I went away to school as an undergrad first and tried to ignore that UNA was here because, you know, it was where I was from and I didn't want to stay here. And I went off for a year and I came back and it was so much better for me uh, just because of the friendly nature of it. People will just chit chat and say hi when it doesn't matter if they know you they just it's just a much more welcoming than a really big huge school. Yes yeah, so that's why that's one of the reasons I chose because it is just it's so close to personal you know everyone mm -hmm. like it's no strangers. So before I get into asking you questions about the show and this time um, this performance in production I have to ask you what is your favorite soda and what is your soft jam at the moment what song do you have on repeat? My favorite soda is Coke. She has one in every single rehearsal. Yes, I do. Uh, just hook me up to a caffeine IV. My other choice is coffee. Depends on the temperature outside. Yeah. So, yeah, that one was easy. This song is a lot harder. 
I have very eclectic tastes, and so I don't just listen to the same thing over and over. And I don't listen to music that much anymore because I don't stand still mm-hmm. long enough. <laughs> and I'm usually interacting with people, so I don't wear headphones a lot. Yeah. So it's hard to say. But like um, in the car, like what are you listening to in the car? Are you like a podcast girly? Um, I listen to some podcasts, but not in the car because I'm rarely in the car for more than 10 minutes at a time, Oh, <laughs> which is, you know, not long. That's just long enough to make me mad when I pull up somewhere and a good song is on and I have to jump out of the car. See, I'm a person that has like a playlist of like 30 minutes just for the 10 minute drive. <laughs> <laughs> I do have playlists. I like 80s music is probably my favorite go to Prince, stuff like that, okay. but I mean, I like everything from Gershwin to show tunes to 80s music to classic rock to um, some Nirvana, Adele, uh, Cher. uh, Everything. Yeah, yeah. There's very little that I just don't. I'm not a big fan of country music. But there's some country even that I'll listen to. You know, Dolly is her own thing. We love Dolly. (laughs) If you don't. If you don't like Dolly, I don't know how to trust you. Right? I feel like Dolly is the one that like, if, if and someone's like, ah, I don't really like country music, that's the exception for everyone. She's everyone's exception. It's either Dolly or like Reba McIntyre. <laughs> right. Yeah, I like a couple and it, of And it's Reba's. usually both. It's usually <laughs> both. They just add Reba onto it. It's not a substitute. It's an addition. It's not. It's like, oh, do you like Dolly? Yeah, her and Reba. Yeah, gotta have Reba. <laughs> okay, well, since, I'll, since you don't have a favorite song this week, um, let's talk about the show. Okay. Um, what makes this production of Christmas Carol different than like any other rendition of it? Oh, so many things. Um, for one thing, when I created the script, I wanted to honor the original text. So most other versions just convert everything to dialogue and get rid of all the descriptive stuff. And I kept a lot of that in and a lot of minor moments that are often cut that I think just adds to the richness of it. Um, so that's one thing that's different for another. We're not doing it full on period like most people are used to seeing it. Uh, yes, it is still set in Victorian England, but it's not big elaborate costumes and sets and all of that. We tried to keep it very minimal. If we don't have to have it, it's not there. So that makes it different. Also, okay, I'll go ahead and and tell the secret. The ghosts are puppets, not Muppets. It is not the Muppet Christmas Carol. They are puppets, but they're going to be different than you're expecting. I don't know how much of a secret that is. We've kept what they look like a secret, but uh, Ariel kind of explained that like episode four. Right, (laughs) yeah. So it's not a huge secret. but It is exciting. It's very exciting. I loved the sound check last night and hearing what you guys are going to sound like. Um, if you don't know, I am a puppeteer and one of the um, guests that we have from the cast is also a puppeteer and we did our sound check for the first time and it sounds so cool. <laughs> it really does. I was sitting there grinning just like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> there are definitely some scenes, uh, as far as you're talking about, like scenes that are often cut, like... I'm, I'm a big Christmas Carol fan. You know, I read the book and everything. And I've seen so many different interpretations. But there are scenes in this that I'm, that I've, like, like you were saying, I've never, I don't even think I've seen them done in any way. You know, and I'm like, I'm excited that they're a part of this because I think they're an important part of the story. 
That is true. Because a lot of times, like, I feel like a lot of things we do get cut. Like, a lot of them do. And it adds to, like, the smaller moments, moments and, like, world building of the show. But what I wanted to ask you is, why did you choose to put on Christmas Carol? Oh, when I started doing the adaptation, it was because I was bored. <laughs> it was during the pandemic. And we were, of course, all looking for creative things to do because we couldn't do any theater. This was early on. And... Uh, um, I was working, like I said, with Historic Zodiac Playhouse, and we were thinking, what can we do as e-theater that doesn't cost much because, you know, we weren't making money. We were just looking for creative things. And I thought, eh, it's public domain. Let me see what I can do with that. This will be fun. And so I just started dividing it out into lines and was amazed at the narrators. I mean, I did. I wrote one line. <laughs> in this whole piece. All of the rest of it is Dickens. And the personalities of the two narrators were just immediately obvious. And I had never thought about that before. And so it grew from there. I tinkered around with it for close to a year. Then we did a table read about a year ago just to see if the concept was going to work. And then I've tinkered with it some more and then was offered the opportunity to direct it. I, was, I wasn't expecting it. I mean, they knew I had it, but I wasn't expecting to get that offer. So it's like, hey, yeah, absolutely, we'll do this. And then we have continued to tinker with it through rehearsals. <laughs> That's the beauty of doing the very first production of a, a particular script. It is. It's really fun. Like, I love that we are, like, the first people who get to do it because, you know, you get your name on the playbill the first time it happens. You get to see all the cuts and all the final decisions we made into the process and not, like, wonder why. Yeah. And when, not if, it's published, you guys will be listed as the first cast in every printing of that script forever yes it is it's so exciting that's really exciting and before we bring on the cast um there is one last question i have to ask you and that is what is your favorite rendition of christmas girl <sighs> scrooged i didn't even have to think about that one <laughs> okay <Bill Murray. laughs> yes love it and why is it your favorite oh it's hilarious i, I love is it past that is is the the one that's the fairy and she beats him with her wand all the time i think it's uh present is that present it's, it's when they're at uh fred's house and he's like watching their party yeah uh, they shift scenes by her opening a gift and then smacking him over the top with a toaster yeah 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 it's been a while since i've seen it so keeping all of them uh straight is sometimes difficult but yeah it's definitely my favorite one of my favorite things about the renditions of Christmas Carol is that they change what past and present look like, but future is always the Grim Reaper. He's always creepy. Like yeah, always. They, they, they'll change like the design, but it's always black hood, skull, hand it's, looks creepy. It's just very iconic. I distinctly remember in Scrooge, he tries to cremate him alive, Bill Murray. <laughs> like he straps him down to the thing where the bodies to go into the furnace to be cremated, and it's actually just like Bill Murray, like alive and awake, thrashing. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So we're going to bring on the cast really fast and we'll be right back. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. How are you guys doing today? We are good. Uh, I'm doing good. Doing pretty good. These are our cast members. This is Davis. Say hi, Davis. Hello, everybody. And the other person is Day. Say hi, Day. Hello. Uh, Davis is playing Scrooge. And then... um. 
day is one of the ghosts. I'm not going to say which ghost we are. So you guys have more of a mystery to that. Spooky. Spooky wooky. <laughs> um, so I will keep that a mystery. But before I start asking y'all questions and all that, I have to do the tradition. What is your favorite soft drink? And what is that soft jam? Uh, so right now, uh, I, tr I try to cycle, which sodas I drink. I try to cycle what I keep in my fridge. So right now, uh, my soda is a Sprite Cranberry. Winter spiced cranberry. I hate the winter spiced one. <laughs> My favorite one is just the regular one. The regular one was so good. And See, the winter spice is so off. I, I, res I respect that. I respect that. I didn't like the winter spice at first, but it has grown on me. I'm on, I'm on Team Davis. I was over at his place one time and he was like, want a drink? And then he, he opened his fridge and he had just the most beautiful array of winter spice Sprite camp cranberries. And uh, it really, it opened my eyes. It opened my eyes to what I was missing out on. I have not tried that. I've only tried the original just Sprite Cranberry. The original Sprite Cranberry is so good. Coca-Cola, you're probably not listening to this, but if you are, please bring back the original. I will pay three times the amount just for original Sprite Cranberry. I love Sprite more than life itself. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's because like they lost their deal with like LeBron James or something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. If you find that Sprite Cranberry, pick me up one too. I will. What okay, is the um, song? So uh, usually, usually I'm a classic rock kind of person, but in honor of the Vols playing Georgia this week, this is the game of the century. I'm a football fan, by the way. Um, the song I have had on repeat for the entire week is The Night the Lights Went Down in Georgia by Reba McIntyre. So, we were just talking Reba. about Reba. So that's that's what I've been jamming to in my car this week. Okay. Day, what is your um, current favorite song and um, soft drink? Okay, so my favorite soft drink of all time is just root beer, mm -hmm. except for like the cream soda root beer. I cannot stand like cream soda type I have drinks. a question. What's the difference between regular root beer and cream soda? Because to me, they taste the exact same. Cream sodas and the root beer? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I it's the same as the cream soda Dr. Pepper. It's mixed All with cream soda. All I know is soda. that like regular root beer and diet root beer or like the mug root beer, I can drink perfectly fine. But as soon as it's cream soda root beer, it's just like, I don't know. Like I just remember one time when I was a young kid, I went to this like Harry Potter themed uh, uh, party thing at the library and they had cream soda as being the uh, fizzy drink thing. Uh Butter yeah, beer. the butter beer. And I remember it was just absolutely disgusting. I had to butter me. beer cupcakes one time and they were awful. Yeah, no, uh cream soda, they the there's a vendor at the Renaissance Fair who does root beer and cream soda. You can get a mix. If you get plain cream soda, you'll know it's obnoxiously sweet. Like obnoxiously. Maybe I guess I'm the outlier. I like things that are obnoxiously sweet. I do too, but I just can't stand like root beer or cream soda. Like they're both just nasty. Cream soda is gross. See, I like I like sweet things that are like a, like an actual sweet. When I drink a soda, I don't want sugar water. And whoever thought cream soda was a good substitute for butter beer is just wrong. That hurts my soul. It's, it's all the same kind of nasty to me personally. <laughs> but, you know. Yes, root beer is very good. Okay, so that song. Um, okay, so the song. Sometimes I have songs on repeat. That's not the case at the moment. Sorry, I bumped the table. Uh, but um, I, like, before this podcast, like, moments before, I was watching Soul, 
because I was reminded to watch it and I watched it. And then just suddenly as I'm on my way here, I just start hearing come alive from the greatest showman in my head. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder why. And then I remember, I'm like, oh, that might be the reason. So yeah, I just Soul's have- Soul's a good movie if you haven't watched it. So I just have come alive in my head right now. What's the connection between Soul and the greatest showman? Namely just from the song itself, because uh, Soul is like where a guy dies uh, and then he like okay, comes now. back alive I essentially. See. and. So that's the connection I'm making. Right. Okay, now I get it. Now it's just like, hmm, now I get it. Okay, boys, you, you know the drill. Um, hmm, you know, I hesitate to say, I can't just say cherry Coke every week. I'll change it up. I'll, I do, I like a good Coke. Every time, every week I say cherry Coke, but you know what? I'm going to say my soda this week is a good Coke. Maybe just in honor of our lovely director, but I, I'm a big Coke fan as well. Okay, Grayson, I got a question. Yeah. Pepsi. Cherry Pepsi. Like it, hate it, what? What's the deal? <clears throat> um, okay. Maybe I'm weird. I don't I guess I've never had them side by side. So I might be able to tell the difference if I had them like side by side, but I don't know if I can tell that strong of a difference just drinking them like, you know, just off the top of my head. But I do think that I prefer the Coke. You know, it's like I don't know if I can distinguish what that difference is, but I do think I prefer Coke. <sighs> Coke and Pepsi are nothing alike. I never said they were alike. I, no. I personally prefer Pepsi because it's stronger than Coke. I prefer Coke, so therefore, by extension, I prefer Cherry Coke. Right. For some reason, Pepsi just tastes too sugary to me. That's why I love it. It's stronger. It's sweeter. It, like, it hits you in the I chest. Don't, I don't like But it has more <laughs> inconsistency. I will say that. Coke is very consistent. So I understand why people like Coke. Either you get a good batch of Pepsi or it's like the worst batch of Pepsi you've ever had in your life. So I do understand why people I don't feel them. like playing roulette with my drinks. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you just want a good Pepsi. So sometimes you got to play roulette. And so um, what is that song? You're already playing roulette on fizziness when you get it from a soda fountain. I don't want two roulette. Who's getting spinning. soda fountain anything? Unless it's a soda fountain Sprite, I don't want it. And it has to be from McDonald's specifically. Okay. You're missing out. This cherry Coke from Jimmy John's is pretty good. We know your love for Jimmy Jams. Okay. That is your dream sponsorship. Did you just call him Jimmy Jams? Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Jams. Soft drink, soft jams, Jimmy Jams. Every Friday, if you don't know, every Friday, Grayson goes to Jimmy John's and gets him his freaky fast um, sandwich every single week without fail. It's true. I think he does it more than once a week, but we know it's at least every Friday. Without fail. I, I can attest he does do it more than once a week. <laughs> I, am, I am with him most days. Of this the is week. all, this is all just, uh, it's not speculation. It's not an intervention. Slander. This is it's slander. not an intervention yet. Okay? okay. I do have a question about the cherry Coke. So you, you like flavored Cokes. Have you ever had lemon Coke? I don't think so. You should. It's really good. I didn't really even know good. that that was a thing. Well, it was for about five minutes and then they stopped <laughs> it because apparently I was the only person who drank it. Uh. But you can get it at the places, like at the movie theater or at the places that have the soda machines where you push the buttons and it has oh, like the, 500 the different things. Yeah. Don't underestimate the amount of Coke flavors that exist. Coke yeah. is like uh, Taco Bell. Honestly. Uh, it's been a month. They need a new thing. Yeah. So, yeah, try the lemon Coke if you ever get, like, they have it at some of the fast food restaurants where you, Like if you go to Zaxby's, you, know, pick, you can probably do it. Yeah. yeah I will keep that it. in mind. It's really good. My song this week, my soft jam, is Can't Get Out of This Mood by, I'm not sure how to pronounce the name. I think it's S Samara or Samara, Samara Joy. Um, just a nice jazz song. I got it on an Instagram ad and I was like, you know what? 
so it's good. They know that I like jazz. They know that I like cool t-shirts. Instagram ads are a little too specific now, but <laughs> this is a good song. Love that. Cat. Uh, we're going to go with the soda, the same one Landon went with. We're going to go with Cheerwine. Cheerwine, okay. Cheerwine, uh, the only place to get it here because it's usually only sold more north is specifically Cookout. I don't know why Cookout happens. I'm not complaining they have it, but they have it. Yeah. Okay, that's probably like, why. It's, it's common in like, I got it in North Carolina every time I went there. What about Cookout? Is it Cookout from the north? Probably. That's why I think but, it's only yeah, about Yeah, but like what I'm saying is, I was just going to say, I think that was Landon's theory. Other cookouts, like the one in Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. uh, and the one in Huntsville, do not have Cheerwine. Oh. So I don't know why this one carried theory. it. Unless the manager's like, I like Cheerwine, so I'm keeping it as I go to Florence. Uh, and my uh, my song, uh, despite what it looks like with the songs I pick, I do like a lot of classic rock, but I go with the new songs I find usually because those are the ones that play uh, on repeat until I get sick of them and they go on the giant playlist to be heard once a month. <laughs> Uh, would be a cure for me by Aurora. I love Aurora so much. I love her so much, uh, and this song is just stuck in my head because I love the beat for the main chorus. She's so she's amazing. I love her. Um, my juice of the week because I only drink so many sodas before my kidney will fail. Um, is Starbucks Pineapple Paradise Lemonade. I love that so much. I get that specifically with six pumps of raspberry sweetener and six pumps of classic sweetener because I just like to drink sugar, if you could not guess. And if you want to know the soda, it's Sprite. I have a Sprite practically every single day of rehearsal um, without fail. So um, that is my juice of the week. My song of the week is This Is Why by Paramore. I love Paramore. I'm so happy they're coming out with a new album. I, ah, I'm excited. Don't... When that happens, don't talk to me. I don't know where I'm going to be, but it's not going to be here. <laughs> so, Davis, now that we um, now that we finished the, our jams and our questions and all our songs, not questions, um, why um, you and Dave both can answer this question. Um, what year are you like? Are you freshman, junior, sophomore, all that fun stuff? Okay. Since Davis went first with the drinks and music, I'll go first on this. Uh, I am a junior this year, so yeah. Uh, I am a sophomore this year. He is a little baby um, sophomore, by the way. He just turned 19. And he didn't tell anybody either. It was in the middle of rehearsal. His his birthday was on the 19th of September. He didn't tell anybody. I'm trying Shame to figure... Yeah, I'm trying to figure this out because I'm a freshman this year and uh, I'm older, I'm older than, than, him. than him. I'm 20 and I'm a freshman. I, ha- I have a late birthday. It was something about my mom didn't want to start me until like the later years. Yeah, this is so. weird because like it's it's during early September and late August where you get to pick yeah. it. Uh, but because I was in late August, they were like, nah, he's too close to the deadline because I'm the last day of August. My birthday's August 31st. Uh, they're like, we're going to put him in the year behind. Apparently, Davis' parents were like, get him in there as fast as possible. Go, go, go. Well, yeah, I think I think um, it was because all of my mom, all of the, like, the friends I had established in my younger years were in that uh, same like age group. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what she intended. But it, it does make me the butt of a lot of, of a lot of jokes because all my friends are some of my friends are like twenty now. It's weird because you never think your friends are gonna be twenty until they're twenty and you're not. <laughs> okay, so now that we know what you, you are and that um, Davis is a little baby, um, how many productions have you done with UNA before? Um, so with UNA, I have done two productions. I have done this one where I'm playing Scrooge, and in spring of my freshman year, 
I did Little Women, where I played uh, Mr. John Brooks, and that was a lot of fun as well. Day? Okay, so counting Christmas Carol, I will have been in four uh, at, from UNA. Uh, there's this. There's Little Women, where, where I played the parrot puppet, as some of you who may have. Uh, then the some then the time before that i played in men on boats where i played john colton sumner and then the very beginning of my freshman year i played one of the statues uh in iphigenia and other daughters okay um, both of y'all are cat majors, so that's another reason I asked that, because I know y'all had been in productions previously. Um, why did you choose to be a cat major? Because I say it, I'm being biased, because that's my show. Oh, and for everyone who doesn't know, CAT stands for um, Cinematic Arts and Theater. Um, I became a cat major because when I, I've always had, like, I've always been, like, a dramatic child. Um, it's just been a while for, it's taken me a while to truly come out of my shell. Um, but like when I got into high school and I truly got a taste for theater, that's when I knew I want to be doing stuff like this. I just like the crowds, the cheering. When I did morning shows for children, just their cheers, it's absolute joy. It wakes me up every time. Um, the reason I became a cat major was... Um, when I was in middle school and high school, I was always looking for different ways to express myself. Uh, I was never really good at sports, um, believe it or not. And, really? Yeah, it's crazy, right? Um, I was never really good at sports, so I didn't really... Like, I liked watching sports, but I didn't really have a lot in common with, like, most other people at my school who played sports, you know? Uh, most of my friends, at least half my friends, play sports, so... Um, I really enjoyed watching movies and I enjoy, even if it's not through making movies, I enjoy sharing other people's stories. So um, something that I've really found that I like uh, through being here at UNA is uh, documentary filmmaking. Um, I went home for one of my documentary projects and I filmed uh, about my high school football coach who really inspired me. And I really, really liked sharing his stories. So I think that's why I think I became a film major. It's one of those things I didn't really know until after. But now that I'm here, I'm like, yeah, this is why I'm here. It just feels right. Yeah, it feels totally right. So now that we have that and everybody knows you a little bit more, let's talk about the show, the reason we are here. Um, not just talk about Cherry Coke. Uh, so <laughs> what has been your favorite part of doing this um, production of Christmas Carol. So I think my favorite part is the way that I have to make, I guess, the acting aspect of it, obviously. <laughs> um, I think my favorite part of it is what I have to change about myself. Like I have to, I have to give myself an accent, which is like we all have to give ourselves accents, which is something that I've never had experience with before, you know. Um, I think it's really fun getting to sort of acting is channeling part of who you are, but it's also channeling someone completely fictitious and someone completely made up. So 
I've always liked that aspect of channeling someone who maybe you've always wanted to be, but you're not. Yeah. My favorite part of the rehearsals have been working with the puppets. Honestly, same. <laughs> um, my favorite part about uh, this production was just kind of the uniqueness of it. Like this is very different from a lot of other theater things I've been in. Because uh, I've been involved with a lot of different plays before, but this one... I really enjoy how the ensemble is playing all sorts of different characters. And I guess that that's kind of a given with a lot of uh, longer plays or musicals that you need multiple people. But I really enjoy how we put a real emphasis on embodying those parts and, uh, you know, changing your voice completely and changing the physicality to really make the characters unique. So that when someone comes on stage, you can tell what character they are, even if they just came off the stage as a different character, you know? I really enjoy that variety and that challenge. Uh, and that was part of the audition process. We knew that was going to be a part of the play, and it's just been really exciting to see it all uh, come together like that. So, believe it or not, a lot of my roles have been characters who think to hold themselves in a very specific manner and try to keep up tight, uh, even if it's not the normal version. A good version of this would be Jafar. Jafar tries to hold himself in a way. It's bizarre to a lot of others because he has a talking parrot, but he does try to hold himself on high esteem. <laughs> uh, the closest character to the absolute craziness, that is Barney, would be Willy Wonka. Yes. Willy Wonka does hold himself a bit, but Willy Wonka during the whole thing is like, ooh, look, I'm going to do a flip to scare the kids when I first meet them, because why not? Because it's Willy Wonka. <laughs> so I've been thinking about some of the stuff I did with Wonka for this, but it's like, take all the like sophistication of Wonka, throw that out the window and go 100% crazy. There, you got Barney. <laughs> well, I did so say just, they were kind of like Pinky and the Bray. So just going pure like <laughs> insanity, um... I'm worried about the costume when I have to put on five layers under hot lights and then literally jump around like a maniac at the beginning because it's hot now in a t-shirt and pants. So, but it is deodorant fun. is your friend. Yeah, it is. I'm just saying it's going to get hot immediately afterwards. But yeah, just the absolute like insane energy of him and mainly stave one. Okay. I love that Grayson brought up the audition process because I was going to ask you about this. Um, how did you come up with like the process for auditioning? Cause if you don't know, we did like a workshop kind of thing and they had us like become a book and a <laughs> uh, table and chairs and um, cars and all that. So what made you like do that for the audition process? I knew going in that uh, I was approaching this from a minimalist point of view and I wanted the ensemble to not just be people, but also help create the setting as well. So I knew I was going to need people to be things like coat racks or, uh, you know, paring everything down to the essentials. So I used theater games that I was already familiar with that honed in on that. Mostly I was looking to see if I had people who were willing to play and just put themselves out there and not be too intimidated by that. That was really what I was looking for was that level of creativity and engagement follow-up question for that when it comes to like auditioning because I know as an actor that's probably the hardest part of my job is auditioning because I know I, getting told no that's the easy part actually committing and showing up to the audition <laughs> terrifying so um would you say that's something like a lot of people are looking for when just auditioning in general or yes yes as a director I'm looking for somebody who will make a strong choice even if it's not the choice I would have made it I want to say that they're willing to put it out there. And then 
I always try to follow it up with a little bit of direction to see if they're going to be willing to be guided or whether they're dead set and, no, I'm doing it my way. I gotcha. So, yeah, just making strong choices, even if they're not exactly what you're looking for, then you know, oh, I have something to work with here. Yeah. Okay. Guys, well, besides Davis, because Davis already told us to answer this one. When it comes to doing the accents, how struggling were you guys? Because I know I struggled heavily because we have to do British accents for the show. And I struggled so, like, it's hard for me to do a British accent personally. So, like, do you find it challenging? Do you find it simple? I had a little fortunate thing called doing a radio show uh, my 11th grade year called The 39 Steps, which is uh, written... Uh, it's in Britain. It's in Britain. I shut up. Brain fart. I wonder why uh, British accents. Yeah. It's everybody's got British accents except for a couple of characters are uh, Irish because he runs away to uh, Ireland. Um, but I played a specific character who's important to the plot, known as Mister Memory. Uh, and so he's a very big like the showman, like the traveling show. He has magic powers, so he's got to be a very showy, sophisticated British accent. And I'm like one of the first characters to talk, so like you got to have yours nailed down. So all the struggle with it happened there, and I could just kind of rebuild it for this. I well, I thought it was funny that uh, early on in the process we had Suzanne come in, and she was talking to us about how, as Americans, we do have this like obsession with like British accents and everything and we're always kind of doing them and I could relate to that because it's like yeah I've been like doing British accents my whole life like to varying degrees of success let's not act like they were great but you know it is something that you're kind of always practicing uh or a lot of people are I was always doing that and also what helped was uh like Cooper I had some previous experience because uh my junior year in high school we did Matilda and then uh, it was 2020, so uh, it was postponed an entire year, and that just gave me even more time to work on the accent. And uh, yeah, so I had a lot of British accent um, exposure there. And as far as the voice, it's just, uh, I don't know, I think it's something I got very quickly, at least for Fred. Uh, just <laughs> Can you give us a Fred laugh really fast? It's my favorite part of the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a little away from the microphone, but usually when I do a Fred laugh, it sounds a little like this. <laughs> and that was something that I think I literally did that in callbacks. I think it was, yes. it, was it was very yes, similar. You did. And I turned around and went, well, there's Fred. <laughs> uh, Grayson, I don't know if you remember in callbacks or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked our dynamic because we have a little scene, no spoilers or anything, but we have a little scene in the beginning where we're sort of arguing and I'm trying, I'm trying to get Fred out of Scrooge's office. Like, mm-hmm immediately because i am so like fed up with just his presence and his energy so um we were sort of we had the lines we were just sort of improvising this scene like as far as the blocking goes and he stands at my door and he goes merry christmas and i'm like leave now and he goes and happy new year and (laughs) and he does a little laugh and i ball up my script and then i throw it at him (laughs) as he's leaving (laughs) I distinctly remember for the Scrooge callbacks when he, uh, for both me and Davis, uh, when he just death hugged both of us. <laughs> <laughs> like, just fully wrapped his arms. It was just like, we're committing to this now. I just really, uh, 
I love the character of Fred. He makes me really happy and that he's very, he has the Christmas spirit, you know? And so I think something about that immediately spoke to me. So like getting the voice and getting the laugh and everything just kind of was kind of immediate to me just because I really, something, something about him spoke to me. I don't know. I, I like the guy. I relate to him. You honestly are like my favorite rendition of Fred I've ever seen. Cause like all Christmas carols have a Fred, but like they're just, they're not Grayson Wagner's Fred, you know? <laughs> That's a very high compliment. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, well, before we go, I do. Oh, before we finish with our questions, I do have to ask y'all, what is your favorite rendition of uh, Christmas Carol? I will go first. Mine is specifically the Muppets because I love the Muppets and I I think Gonzo and Pepe are wonderful narrators and they carry the show personally. I can't listen to that anymore. Mel in multiple scenes where Gonzo saying the exact same things I say, <laughs> like uh, specifically the squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping of this old. Singer. I mean, they were right when they said that you have Gonzo energy. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. Um, my favorite version is probably the Mickey Mouse version. It's so good. Yeah. Um. It's. It's just what I grew up with, you know. We had this, um, we had this like box of DVDs that would exclusively come out in December from the attic, and anytime outside of December, those box of DVDs would not be there. But it was like a box full of Christmas DVDs, and we had like the collection of Mickey Mouse like Christmas specials, and one of them was Mickey's Christmas Carol, and that's just. That is the version that I learned before I knew that Christmas Carol was its own thing. <laughs> so that's just what I grew up with. That's what I'm most nostalgic about. So I think that's my favorite version. Um, I'd have to say that I don't think I really have a favorite version because a lot of them do tend to come off to me as the same exact thing just being played. Uh, so I don't really watch very many. I think the last one I really ever watched was I think like didn't Tim Burton do a Christmas no it was the one with Jim Carrey and it's absolutely okay. terrifying Robert Zemeckis <laughs> I if you if you haven't seen it if you grew up on Disney Channel you probably see it it's the creepy like CGI animated one with Jim Carrey as Scrooge and it, <sighs> I distinctly remember past being a candle on that version it was it and was they just like tactfully put a cgi like face in the middle of the candle like the flame itself they did it's also the same and people it was who also did, jim carrey it was also the same people who um did polar express so if you've seen polar express you know how creepy that is it's just slightly less unnerving animation slightly which means it's not better <laughs> i guess i'm next i that's a difficult question i really love a christmas carol and i love that it's been adapted so many times i guess it's just such a timeless story that's there's something very captivating about it and i think it is one of those things it's one of the most adapted stories of all time i've i probably so uh i might have to go with the mickey one though that one's really it's a classic. One's really good i really love scrooge mcduck he's such a great character <laughs> he is. I, I swear he sells it it's, he is so great I don't know. I'm always like, and then you watch a version of A Christmas Carol. I, I feel like I'm like, oh man, I want to do that. I want to make my own Christmas Carol. It's just so, ah, oh, I love A Christmas Carol. But yeah, I think I'm going to go Mickey. I think I'm going to go Mickey. Scrooged. Of course. Scrooged. <laughs> We've already talked about it. Scrooged. Okay, now that we're coming towards the end of the episode, we'd like to end on a good note. Um, a fizzle down feel good. What is the one good thing that happened to you this week? It could be as simple as Starbucks getting your order right. You got a good parking spot. Just one small thing that's been major like day or week. My dog hasn't torn one thing up all week. Oh, that's always worth uh, celebrating. Yes. 
I get home and she's just happy to see me and she's not hiding in the corner because she knows she ate something she shouldn't. <laughs> that's that's much better. <laughs> yeah. And then I tell her what a good girl she is and she is the bestest girl. We love that. So my good thing was, I guess by week we mean past seven days. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I guess my favorite thing that happened within the past seven days, I went to Knoxville and Ooh. I went to a Tennessee football game and that was pretty fun. Is that where you got your shirt from? Yes. yes okay. No, I, I had it before that, but I it was kind of new because I grown out of all my Tennessee shirts. I have to keep buying new ones. <laughs> He's a growing boy. Uh, for me, it would have to be uh, last Friday where I got to play D&D with the group again because we hadn't done it for a while, and that made me happy. And it was somehow the most chaotic one yet. I kept falling asleep because I was running on two hours of sleep that day and almost busted my head against the table. This seems to be a theme with you. Uh, I, my my frazzle down feel good is going to, we're going to get caught up with this, but continue. I swear it's going to it, be related. Is it, is, it, is it the car drama? It's car drama related. If you listen to the episodes, you get to listen there to the overall lore uh, story about me in a car. About how apparently Loki uh, played a good trick on her family uh, with cars. That's why I have an update. That's why Fizzle Down feel good. We're going to get there. Uh, so mine is going to be, what's better than having one prop sword that I got after Berkeley's episode? Getting two more. They're not actually mine. I'm getting them as gifts, but I like giving gifts, and it's fancy prop swords from two specific games, so I have to pick those up the first Friday. So I'm right before we go around first Friday for Christmas Carol, I am going to be wielding two giant prop swords. Oh, for everybody who doesn't know, today is first Friday in Florence. They have a day where like small businesses and everything gather around um, on the street and basically like sell everything. And we're going to be uh, performing a short scene. I think my fizzle down feel good is just that we have had some good rehearsals recently and it's made me very happy because, you know, it's it's a long process to get a play off the ground you know it's like it's it's a very difficult thing especially if you're pr producing it for the first time yeah um so you know we've had some rough ones but recently we've had a few recently that have just been made me really happy you know it's like it's still a work in progress but i'm excited i have that level of excitement that like you get when you're getting closer to opening night and you're like this is get, this is getting there you know and it's like just these little moments of like oh that's working and that that makes me really happy so i'm i'm just excited where you drift from no one should see this oh my gosh to wait <laughs> We can actually show this to somebody. I don't have to lay awake at night anymore. <laughs> okay. So if you've been catching up with the car drama, I'll give you a quick recap. So before school started, I got my first car. I was super excited. Um, a week before school starts, my car starts running hot. Don't know why. So I have to leave my car down at the dealership where I got it because it's like brand new off the lot. First two to three weeks of school, I'm in my dad's truck. Um, he's in my grandfather's old like Nissan Ford Fortier. It's old. It got like oh, almost 300,000 miles on it. Like it's on its end of its life. Um, his car, um, his car gets stuck in uh, Tuscaloosa because he was visiting my stepbrother. Um, so I go pick him up from Tuscaloosa. My car actually was ready. It was not ready. I drove it all the way up here to Huntsville and to my dad's house. And then um, the check engine light comes on. Have to send it back. Haven't heard, seen from that car anything. I didn't even get to name her because I hadn't had her long enough. So flash forward to now. Um, currently, me and my dad are sharing a car. So practically every day after rehearsal, when I get out at like 9, 30 to 10 o'clock, I have to drive all the way to Huntsville. And so then I have to be back up at like 4 o'clock in the morning to take my dad to work because he, he works 30 minutes from his house. So I've been running on two to three hours of sleep because all of my class 
faster than I am. So after I drive to Huntsville, I have to drive back here and then drive back. So I've been running on two hours of sleep this whole time. But today that changes. I do not get my own car. No, 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 no. I'm not that lucky. However, I do go get to pick up my cousin's car so my dad can drive his car while I drive around in his truck still because of insurance purposes. But for tech week, I won't be sleep deprived and I'm so excited. I'm so glad to hear that. I was waiting for that to become positive. I was like, when's this going to have a happy ending? And I guess that, that, that's, a good, that's a good fizzle down eventually. <laughs> fizzle down eventually. Now you get what I mean by uh, Loki pranked their car, and it's got, it turned out a really good one for him. He's probably still cackling up there. I, I will probably be like this till the end of the school year. We will see if Kaya will ever get her car. I will keep you posted as more and more on this story develops. Um, where can people buy tickets for Christmas Carol? If they call the soda office or you can go online, you probably have the website written um, down. If you go to the uh, UNA website, go to the soda page, there's a ticket link right there. Yes. That's you, where you buy them. You can go buy tickets. And if you see a poster, it has a QR code. You can scan that code or it also has the website listed on them as well. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I want to say thank you for my guests for being here and come see Christmas Carol because I'm puppeteering a big old puppet. So come see it. We'll all be there. Duh. Yeah. Be there and, and you be square. Fun fact. I figured out why that, why is that the thing? Why you say be square? It's because you're not around. You don't understand how long it took me to figure that out. Do you, have you ever heard the joke of why people say break a leg for uh, shows? No. Because they're in a cast. Love it. Love it. But I want to thank, thank you all so much for uh, listen, well, listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.